Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me up when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Fill her up. You're listening to the Gas Digital Network. We need to roll back the state. We spy on all of our own citizens. Our prisons are flooded with nonviolent drug offenders. If you want to know who America's next enemy is, Look at who we're funding right now. Every single one of these problems are a result of government being way too big. You're listening to Part of the Problem on the Gas Digital Network. Here's your host, Dave Smith. All right, what's up, everybody? Let's do a Part of the Problem episode right here from our hotel room. In a, well, your hotel room, Rob. I didn't want to give the impression that we're sharing a hotel room. It's not what it sounds like. I know. It, that sounded pretty bad. Right here from our hotel room, right next to our bed. Uh, yeah, so we're, uh, we're out here. You don't here have to and, lie to them. All right, fine. Me and Rob have been lovers for years, people. Um, so, yeah, we're out here in Rosemont. We've just the last couple nights been doing shows at the Zanies out here tonight. We're in downtown Chicago. Great time here. This was our biggest weekend yet. I think so. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, shows were sold out last night. Great crowds out here. We always do well in Chicago. Always have a good time here. Um, we're doing a live podcast tonight as well, but we wanted to uh, to do one in the hotel as well because I was uh, out in Austin uh, all last week, as some of you may have heard, uh, doing the Mothership uh, Comedy Club and uh, another legendary JRE appearance. It was a great time. Great time out there. It's been a uh, it's been, gotten a lot of good feedback from the uh, the latest Rogan episodes. I really enjoyed it, and that club is unbelievable, dude. I can't wait for you to fucking see it. It's fucking just so cool. Yeah. Tell me, tell me about it, because everyone keeps saying that it's just the greatest comedy club. It's like, uh, by the way, I apologize uh, for the record. All hotels should have coffee going 24 7 dave always drinks that just not on camera i've never drank i was the I, I went this morning and got a coffee downstairs and then he said before, give me the milkiest coffee you uh, well, have uh, before i go i would let me go get another cup of coffee and then there's just no one there and i i stood at the counter for way too long before slowly looking around and being like everything is turned off <laughs> no one's coming and so then i had to go get this gay little number uh next door and i'll be honest it's not terrible it's not terrible it's not. I would rather just have a cup of coffee and feel like a man. But if I held this dainty little thing up. It's a frappuccino. Anyway, okay. So the club is. It's like you know. Um, it's just. It's very clear that it was built by a comedian with an unlimited budget, which is the perfect way to build a comedy club. Hell yeah! Like an, a comedian building it. So everything is kind of like has the perspective of like 
making it like comic friendly, like down to every detail. Like the green room is up on the top floor and is this big, beautiful green room, just like booze and fucking and, it, and it's Joe Rogan designed it so everything's pool cool. table there he just sharks people There's, all night hustles. There, i don't think there was a pool table but he the table in the green room is like this beautifully crafted table with like a snake coming out of it it's just cool and then um, this this to me i thought was like the coolest fucking thing i've ever seen in a comedy club he's got up on the wall in the green room is um rodney dangerfield's handwritten tonight show sets. Oh, that's cool like literally rodney dangerfield writing out and he wrote out it's it's his i heard all the way down to the set. tie like moving the tie every detail yeah. is written out and then the fucking the uh the, the like uh panel segment written out too because he just did another stand-up se- show on the panel you know right. what i mean he'd come over and then just do more jokes and so that's all written out evidently rodney dangerfield's wife sent them to Rogan as like a, a a gift for opening the club. So I just thought that was super cool. cool. It's the the show, there's two rooms. There's like a, a bigger room and a smaller room. The bigger room is called uh, the Fat Man and the smaller room is called the Little Boy. And the, they're both great. The Little Boy is like a great comedy room too because it's just like packed in and like it's just, just excellent. And then like to get down to like you can you enter from behind the stage so you don't have to like see anyone in the crowd before the show you right. know if you don't want to and there's like right before you get to the stage there's like a little room off to the side just with like a chair there's like such a little detail that only a comedian would know that you're like yeah you might want to go down there and sit for five minutes before you go on stage and just kind of hear the crowd and how everyone is yeah anyway so a great time did a bunch of shows there did uh, Rogan's podcast get getting t- like always just gr- tons of great fucking uh, feedback from it. So that that I really appreciate. Do you ever get concerned Obama might actually watch that segment? Oh, I hope he does. <laughs> I hope he watches. I hope he watches and hears every word and knows that millions of people are hearing it, too. I mean, like, I hope he doesn't do that and then, like, call one of his old buddies at the CIA up right. and tell him to come get me. So maybe I hope he doesn't watch. I don't know. But. Because you almost never see a prosecution of our world leaders quite like that, where you really just gave the bullet points of here's why this is an evil person. Yeah. And it goes to a wide audience. I was pretty harsh. I was pretty harsh on Obama. I was pretty harsh on Biden. Um, they both deserve it. Uh, the, the thing I was most happy with was um, was going over all the Ukraine stuff again, because I got I saw that clip. It was clipped like, you know, these things go all over the place. But I saw it again on on. Twitter, one of them has a million views now. Uh, and then, you know, like you get like 15 million views on Spotify, then people clipping on Ro- uh, on YouTube and stuff. So it just like gets a lot of people see it. And last time I was there, the, the clip kind of blew up about me. It went super viral. The most viral thing I've ever done last time was talking about the history of the Ukraine war. And last time I kind of like, it, it was like I, I, felt like I told the story. I was like, okay, this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened. And there, it was much easier, I think, for that when people were trying to like argue against me to be like, well, that didn't happen, and that didn't happen. And so this time I went back more like, okay, I am bringing receipts for everything. If, if you listen to the clip, that the one that I tweeted it, it's got like a million views on, on Twitter. That if you listen to that one, I'm not even really just making arguments. I'm just, it's in a very like Hortonian sense, 
And of course, I'm I'm benefited a lot because I got an early copy of Scott's book, um, which is going to be unbelievable. It's called Provoked. Um, so that should hopefully comes out real soon. He's such a fucking perfectionist <laughs> that he's just trying to get everything perfect. But the whole book, much like if you read, um, if you've read Scott's other books, like if you read Enough Already, um, or if you read, um, um, Hotter Than the Sun. Hotter Than the Sun, but not Hotter Than the Sun is a little different. That was like more the podcast. I mean, uh, you know, like transcripts. But if you read, um, Enough Already, or Fool's if you read Fool's Errand, those, it's like he's. He just hangs them with their own words. So the whole thing is so sourced that you just can't even argue with any of what he's saying. And it's not like so, the source at the bottom is like, you know, the Ron Paul Institute or something, which, again, not that we wouldn't think that's just as great, but like the source at the bottom is the Washington Post and the New York Times and the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Like, the, like it's like, no, this is what they said. And he just hangs them by their own words. And that's what, what provoked is. It's all just like, no, listen, here is the the overwhelming case that they were all saying this and so that was i really went like this time where it was like okay here are all of the receipts and so even if you're arguing with me you're not arguing with me you're arguing with george kennan and and you know what i mean and uh brady and uh, um i'm sorry burns and like you're arguing with the, the cia and the state department and the defense secretaries because even they all acknowledged while they were doing all this shit that like this is almost certainly going to provoke a reaction from russia you know like that it's them and so i was i was real happy to to get that off and it's funny how much of the response to it is just it's like once I say all that and then the people on online or whoever, the, the NAFO guys or whatever, they come back and they go, you're just spouting Putin talking points. And you're like, okay. Well, that it's much easier for people to see. They're like, oh, but he just quoted like the director of the CIA and three defense secretaries and the, the cold warrior and like the, you know what I mean? Like it's like, that's so ridiculous. So you're saying they're all just spouting Putin talking points about the war in Ukraine and they were all saying it for the 20 years before the war in Ukraine. So anyway, I was happy. I was happy that I, uh, I got all that stuff off. So yeah, good time. And just great, just great hanging with Rogan the whole week. He's a fucking real, he's an incredible dude, man. Just real interesting guy, real interesting to hang and talk to. And, uh, that guy is living a life, man. Just fucking, it is It is his world, and the rest of us are just living in it. Have you gone to eat any elk yet? I feel like that's the real Rogan rite of passage, when he actually no. invites you over, barbecues up some elk. He's never he's never made me elk, and it does, it's a thing <laughs> in our friendship, for sure. Like, I'm like, I guess I'm not quite there yet, you know? Always the bridesmaid. <laughs> never. I know Shane Gillis is getting that elk. I know he's just barbecuing <laughs> up elk for Shane Gillis. And it's like, come on, man. No, he's a... Uh, He's I've I've gone to his house before and like even then I was like so when do we start grilling up this elk you know and it just never it never happened and you're like I guess I guess I got to step my game up (laughs) I don't know maybe next time (laughs) maybe next time if you're listening Joe Rogan (laughs) next time I want that elk mate he cooks it real good too I see those pictures he posts like he cooks it perfect. All right guys let's take a moment and thank our sponsor for today's show which is Freeze Pipe. Smoking cannabis doesn't have to hurt. Upgrade to a freeze pipe today and experience bigger, smoother clouds without the throat burn, chest pain, and coughing attacks. Freeze Pipe makes a unique line of freezable pipes, bubblers, bongs, and dab rigs that cool smoke by over 300 degrees. Every piece is made of thick glass and smokes so smooth you'll check if the bowl is even lit. The secret is freezable glycerin chambers that come on every piece. 
Pop one of those chambers in the freezer for one hour, and the smoke passes through it and is instantly chilled for a dramatically smoother and icy experience. Think large clouds with zero chest and throat burn. I'll tell you, back in my day when we used to smoke pot, we were putting ice cubes and bongs like a bunch of primitive cavemen. Today, you can do it a lot better. You can smoke like royalty without paying a king's ransom. Shop now and enjoy free shipping at freezepipe.com and use the promo code POTP for 10% off your entire order. That's freezepipe.com, promo code POTP for 10% off your order. Order today and say goodbye to harsh smoke forever. All right, let's get back into the show. All right, anyway, so there's, uh, all right, so there's some things we should talk about. Because we've because I've been out doing all this shit, we haven't uh, we fucked up our schedule a little bit. So big the big thing I guess that happened over the last week um, was Tucker Carlson uh, getting fired. I guess I don't know if that's even officially been said yet. The official thing is just they parted ways, um, but it seems pretty clear that it was Fox who decided to part ways. But yeah, he's gone. Um, it's it's one of these things where like. It's amazing what a week can do. Like, I remember when it first got announced, my first feeling was like, no way. They fucking, they can Tucker Carlson. And now like a week goes by and looking back on it, I'm like, how was he ever on Fox <laughs> News? How would they ever allow this guy to be on the 8 p.m. hour saying the CIA killed Kennedy? You know, like, it's just insane. And it's, it's uh, you know, I don't know, but personally... You know, me and you, we kind of have an interesting perspective on this. I, I briefly mentioned this on Rogan's podcast, but we actually had a segment. It wasn't technically a segment, but we just had done so many things on Tucker that the fans started calling it the Contra Carlson segment because we'd take apart like some of his like kind of populist economic stuff. And he was, you know, uh, he was real bad when talking about like free market. We need to pay versus, for all young men to be married. Yeah, yeah. It was like, it was just bad, the banning driving cars and stuff like that. But so it's not as if, like, I was ever a guy who just agreed with Tucker on everything. I have a lot of disagreements with him on economics. I think he's way too hawkish on China. Um, there's, like, there's issues. But still, like, how do you not just see things in their totality and go, what a fucking hero he was? Like, dude, dude, during COVID, during all of COVID, he was like the most balls out guy. And he was the biggest voice in cable news. And he was just like railing against the COVID regime. And then the the war in Ukraine, he's been amazing on that. Having the best guys on. And like having really good left wingers on, you know, having Glenn Greenwald and people like that on, I mean, Jimmy Dore and like these guys to like really argue against the warfare machine. So good on that stuff. So good on all of the fucking like creepy new totalitarian shit and like i don't know those are just it's, it's like he was great on the most important issues in the world and i just like i'm i'm grateful for him doing it and it's weird like you see people who you know particularly even like the um the kind of like i don't know what what are called like the regime libertarians um what you know i i know they don't like that term but i don't really like a lot of the terms they use for me so uh, we can stick with that. But you know what I'm talking about. Like, just kind of like the old guard of the LP who we overthrew and the kind of, like, Cato Reason types who all just, like, not all, but a lot of them have so much disdain for Tucker. And, it's like, they just hate him. And I, I think it's because um, of, like, some of the cultural stuff. I think he got a lot of heat for, for a few things. He got a lot of heat 
for his uh, the way he talked about the 2020 election, even though if you actually listen to him, he was never saying like the Dominion votes were flipped. He was always talking about like, you know, the Hunter Biden story being squashed or things like that. He got a lot of heat for talking about um, what they called like the great replacement theory, where he was just talking about how like the the Democrats Jews will not <laughs> replace us. Yeah, well, <laughs> I watched the show. I heard him chanting. <laughs> they do. They were wearing some Tucker Carlson like outfits when yeah. they were on that. Now listen, TV the Daily Stormer morning. makes some good points. You can't repeat all of them on the Fox News program, but yeah, but you pick the good ones, yeah. and then you go with that. It's well, I just, editing. But he was, you know, the it. What's interesting is that. Even with that shit that, like, he got so much heat for, it was, like, what he was saying was basically that, like, yeah, the Democrats are trying to replace the population and import new voters. Like, that's their whole plan. And the funny thing about it is that if you watch MSNBC for years, they've been openly bragging about this. They've literally just openly say it. Like, Joyanne Reed has been saying for years that the browning of America is going to destroy Republicans. Good luck now, Republicans, but soon you'll be put out of business because it's going to be a majority Hispanic country. And all, You know what I mean? And so it's like they can talk about it and brag about how great it is, but if you talk about it and go, this is what they're doing and I don't think it's so great, they're like, you Nazi. Like, how, it's just – anyway, uh, the thing that's kind of interesting to me is that a lot of those type of uh, – a lot of the, the kind of libertarian camp – who's not a big fan of me, they'll they'll call me like a right-wing libertarian. That's the nicest term they'd call me. Um, which I don't really consider myself a right-wing libertarian, but I'm also like, I, I'm not offended by it. Like, okay, if that's what I am, then that's what I am. If that's what you consider it, whatever. I'm not really interested in getting into the semantics, okay. People define left and right differently, so it all like kind of depends on what your definition is. Um, but the truth is that they, like, okay, if there was, let's say there was, like, someone on MSNBC who was more progressive-leaning, you know, and maybe they had some cultural issues that me and you really disagree with them on. Maybe they were, like, bad on, you know, some economic stuff. They, they were for Medicare for all and for raising the minimum wage, you know. But they were so good on covid and they were so good on the war in Ukraine. And they were talking about the Federal Reserve and how the Federal Reserve created all of this inflation and how the Federal Reserve has distorted the economy to the benefit of like the billionaire class at the expense of the working people. Like, and that guy got fired? Me and you would not be like, yeah, good. Finally, this toxic hate. Finally, this Medicare for all talk is off the, you know, the, the we'd be like, shit, that sucks. Because that guy was so good on so many. And so it's almost like I feel like those libertarians who are celebrating Tucker Carlson, they're telling on themselves. You're like, oh, so you don't really care that much about like being anti-war, exposing the Federal Reserve, being against COVID tyranny. Because how is that not a big deal to you? You could be so bad on every other issue. But if you're good on war and the Fed and COVID, like I, you would never hear me not at least be like – that person should be on air. Like, I, I'm rooting for that person to be on air. And then throw in the fact that they they generated the biggest audience in cable news. I don't know. It's just fucking nuts well, to me. It doesn't matter how big your audience is. If you're not going to be nice to your employees, and the employees that you never met can get on the news and talk about how you were mean to them, and they didn't like the job that they continued working, <sighs> what we need is corporations that don't make money, but they're right. nice to the people that work there. 
Is it? It's such a weird thing, man. And it's true with Rogan. I think it's kind of less true with Rogan now than it was for for a little while there, where he really had, um, like a a target on his back. It seems almost like they launched the biggest cancel attempt ever, and it failed so miserably that they just accepted defeat with him. Like there doesn't even seem to really be an effort to try to cancel Rogan anymore. Um, but it, but there was such a huge one, and there was such a huge one for Tucker all along that it's just like. It's really interesting. It's like, oh, the most popular guys you would think were the most hated. It's something like, you know when they, they show those, um, what is it, like on Rotten Tomatoes? Well, they'll show the disparity between the, right. like, uh, you know, the official reviewers and the general public. Right. And sometimes it's like, so, it would, like Dave like, Chappelle's special. Yeah, that was a big one. Where it's like 2% of the fucking, you know, of the official reviewers, whatever they call them, they liked it. And like 98% of the general public, like there's such a, a disparity between like you know like if you and then they create this thing like on cnn or on msnbc or something or in the new york times or whatever if they're talking about tucker carlson they're talking about him like well this is obviously a very controversial figure who says wild things and but you're like no he's not controversial he's the most popular by far you're fucking controversial like but they 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 still like this it reminds me of when brian stelter used to talk about rogan and he talked about him with like no sense of like you have been rejected by the people and he has been accepted his audience is 25 times bigger than yours and you're still going like well i think he stepped out of line with that last bit or it's just so that's the bizarre. only play they have i yeah. mean that's what they did with the covid vaccines hey you're a crazy conspiracy theorist yeah. if you're not getting this everybody has gotten this and it turned out the numbers prior to mandates the compliance was like 30 percent yeah that's their yeah. only play is trying to shame you into hey this is what good honest people think we're the credible news station everything that's outside of this is crazy and only crazy people believe it right and that's why that, that's why there's uh, such a panic about um about social media and things like elon musk buying twitter because they really need to lock that down because social media is dangerous for them because it uh it it undermines that because it's not just that people can communicate it's that you can see how many people agreed with that person. Right. You know, like there's something powerful about like, you know, Hillary Clinton. You know, all these people, they, they turn off their replies now. Right. Because they, they're He's like, getting ratioed. Getting ratioed. Really tells you what yeah. the market thinks. Yeah. It lets you know. You know, if Hillary Clinton tweets something and then someone underneath that is like, you fucking murdered 16 <laughs> people or something, you know, and your husband's a rapist. <laughs> and like, and then, and then that thing has like 200,000 likes. Right. You're like, whoa, <laughs> like 200,000 people were right there with this guy. You know, it's just like, it lets you know that it, it destroys that illusion that, oh, you're the crazy one. There's not these other people there with you. It's like, no, there's a lot of people there. So my general uh, theories on Tucker's firing is one, uh, in part, his emails to upper sp staff made it that they couldn't uh, mount to defend in the Dominion lawsuit. Or and that's and and so when you say that, is it because I don't even know like the details of that lawsuit so much. But so he had there were private messages where he was basically saying this this stuff is, the, the the claims that Trump's making here are nutty. And we shouldn't be like talking from, about them. From what I understand and what I read, yes, he had sent uh, emails to executives at Fox saying this is reckless. And, and, and about who? Probably about Hannity, about other people at Fox. Because I don't I think, think this just the general claims and reporting on the Dominion stuff. I wish I had more of the specifics on that. Because I, I don't think the Fox News desk was like doing much right. in that way. But I think 
like Hannity might have. I, I don't know, but I think my guess is like probably Hannity, probably Laura Ingram. I bet some of them just like ran with the the story. I don't know. But I think there's a good chance they just got a call and said, hey, this Ukraine thing, we can't have this reporting anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is possible. But you had a Ray Epps theory. Oh, well, that's yeah. Yeah. I was saying this to you the other day and I was like, oh, man, I totally missed this. And like, fuck me. I really fucked up here because we did an episode about this just recently. And I was saying during the Ray Epps uh, 60 Minutes piece where I was like, why is 60 Minutes even doing this? This makes no sense because like they're it just looks bad for them, you know. And then uh, it's like it was so obvious once Tucker got fired. I was like, oh, they were fucking laying the ground for another lawsuit. And then you, once you realize that, you're like, oh, yeah, that's what this whole thing. I don't know how I didn't see that as like a possibility. Um, but the whole time, the whole thing, he was like, Tucker Carlson ruined my life. And then they'd play a clip of Tucker Carlson. And then like they'd be like, yeah, he's claiming you're a fed. But it's like they were setting up another defamation suit. And there's something real dangerous, man, about like um, uh, about these libel lawsuits or, or libel slander or whatever the fuck it is when it's on TV. Um, but there's something really dangerous about it because you can kind of it's like you see what they did with Alex Jones. You can't now look. OK, whatever Alex Jones said about Sandy Hook, um, maybe it, it was real bad or whatever, you know. But there, there, you can see where it's setting up a standard where you're not allowed to talk about these controversial issues if you can't prove it beyond a shadow of a doubt. You know what I mean? But if it's just pretty clearly like all signs point to this. Um, if you think, for example, like, okay, in this case, I guess there's not exactly a target that could sue. But like if you're talking about, say, like the Nord Stream pipeline, and we don't know exactly who did it. You know what I mean? Like, we don't really know. Was it British intelligence? Was it fucking American intelligence? Was it, uh, you know, was, was it Israelis? Was it, uh, we don't know. It's, it, the overwhelming evidence suggests that it was someone on our side. It was, even the New York Times is admitting this and, you know, and then saying we shouldn't even know or whatever. But so if you want to talk about a story like that where there's any person involved, now what, are you opening yourself up to a lawsuit? You know, it's like, uh, um, and and there seems to be like, with the Fox News uh, one and with the Alex Jones one, it also seems like the 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 number in the settlement or in Alex Jones' case in the in the verdict, it seems to be like punitive. You know what I mean? Like this isn't just like oh you owe some damages. This is like we're trying to put you out of business with this number. Now how the fuck does Fox owe a billion dollars to Dominion? You know, like that just seems crazy. Um, so well, the the scary thing in the Alex Jones thing, and I actually I, I don't want to defend him because I don't know the specifics of what was said or how much airtime was given to it. Right. And uh, it seems like if what he knew was wrong and he was doing that for numbers, it's pretty indefensible. With that being said, the fact that there was a judgment brought against him that he was guilty before he actually got to court to see yeah. like there, yeah. they, he was deemed guilty on. They say, oh, the lawyers weren't getting him the information, but then so a judge can always make that determination behind closed doors. That's still not seeing a jury of your peers. Yes. And then so they got to court only on the basis of whether or not he was already deemed guilty. He wasn't allowed to defend himself. Now it was a court case of how guilty is he? And then even in that court case, I watched the um, uh, the prosecution saying we like this is about censorship. They, that's what they were saying. We can't allow this guy to continue what he's doing. That seems dangerous that there can be a judgment against you before you're even seeing a jury. 
What's scary about the Dominion suit and Fox, for whatever reason, didn't even want to pursue it. So what they did must have been so egregious or there must have been something so bad. Like, I don't understand how you can just give up on a billion dollar lawsuit and not even want to fight. Right. Right. But if Giuliani, the president, the president's lawyer is saying something that's now newsworthy. So there's a distinction there. There's you can I would think you should be able to say all day, hey, the president's making the following claims. This is what they're saying. Right. Now, I understand where it's reckless to go, oh, there is 100% proof. But, like, even if you're working off the statements of the president, and the pre- that's still news. Yeah. You're reporting what those people are saying. Even if, if Donald Trump got up or Biden got up tomorrow and said, hey, the reason uh, people in the Midwest are having diarrhea is because of aliens, that would be news. Right. I understand right. that that's clearly wrong, and because of his dementia, it's still news. It's what a world leader said. It's really not that much of a stretch to imagine Biden <laughs> saying that. Like at, at every press conference, you're like, that could be the next thing that comes out of yeah. his mouth. Yeah, well, that's why that's why a lot of these things are so dangerous. And like to, on the Alex Jones example, look, it, like just in the same way that it was so obvious that when he got kicked off all the social media companies in like one week, they all got together and banned Alex Jones, and they said it was over Sandy Hook. Right. But it was like years after he had already admitted Sandy Hook isn't a conspiracy and, and moved on. Now, whatever you think he did in the middle time there, I'm not saying that's not egregious. I, I, you know, again, you'd have to pull up was the exact Was it after quotes. Trump got elected that he got banned yes. from social? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was just like Internet 2.0 it was, it was where they realized clear. they had to clean up the Internet because yes. an outsider got elected. Yeah, it was. they just wanted to sign silence Alex Jones and this was the excuse and in a similar way it just seems very obvious that like this uh, that verdict was not about whether these damages were really owed to the parents of Sandy Hook or not it was about ruining this guy and trying to like silence him um that so that's the thing that's like so creepy about it you know um and I kind of feel a similar way about Dominion and and the Fox uh lawsuit All right, guys, let's take a moment and thank our sponsor for today's show, which is sheathunderwear.com, the underwear of legends. And as one of those legends, I put my full stamp of approval on sheath.com, the most comfortable quality boxer briefs I've ever worn. It's the only underwear I wear. Every time you hear me speak, every time you see me, every time you think of me, I am in a incredibly comfortable pair of sheath underwear uh there and they've been advertising on this show for over three years now we really couldn't do what we do without sheath underwear so they support the show go support them and get the most comfortable pair of boxer briefs you will ever own SheathUnderwear.com is the website problem 20 is the promo code that will get you 20 percent off your next order SheathUnderwear.com promo code problem 20 all right let's get back into the show anyway tucker carlson um, you know, he's, uh, he, he had a great little run there and he'll, I, I imagine if he contractually can, that he'll go independent and be really, really huge, be a big voice for, uh, for years to come. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm interested to see where he, uh, where he pops up next and what his next move is. The Fox News ratings are crashing dude their first night after he was there they were at half the ratings of his and then they've been nosediving since then fox news 8 p.m hour lost to msnbc and cnn for the first time i mean i i don't know like there might be little examples ever maybe one day someone had a huge story or something like that but fox always beats those guys and it's pretty crazy that one of the interesting things about tucker carlson which it really does just, it blows me away that anyone could not 
see something of value in this. But one of the interesting things is like Tucker Carlson does not agree with the rest of Fox News. Tucker Carlson does not agree with the Republican Party. Tucker Carlson hates the Republican establishment, like viciously hates them, um, which is good. And, you know, like Mitch McConnell's wearing a Ukraine flag pin every day and saying that's the most important issue in the world. And Tucker Carlson's like, you're a goddamn traitor to this country if you think that, you know. Um, and so it's not as if like Fox News can't just replace Tucker Carlson with another Tucker Carlson. There isn't another one there. There's just there's no one else like him on the network. Uh, and so that's kind of interesting, too. Like, it's not like they have another person who can fill those shoes. So. Anyway, it's it's just a interesting, very interesting development, and of course, uh, also over at uh, CNN, uh, the same day, uh, Don Lemon got fired. So they got the smartest guy in cable news and the dumbest guy in cable news. We're, the the average IQ in cable news has been unaffected <laughs> by go. this uh, this decision. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Don Lemon. Now, just to contrast that, right? If you take Don Lemon, whoever fills Don Lemon's role will have the exact same political views as Don Lemon. Guaranteed. And the insane, like there's, that's just the thing, like there's no one at MSNBC or CNN who's like that. Who's like, oh, this guy has a radically different political take than everybody else who's here. There's no one. They all, on the big issues, they all have the exact same views. And like that's, you know, that says it all right there. But Don Lemon was a wealth of great, you know, fodder for mockery, so. Too bad. Rest in peace. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if Fox News profits go up despite having fired and ratings going down, which would showcase a basically a buyout by your uh, military industrial complex and possibly pharmaceutical companies. You mean because just the ads that they can sell on the show? I'm not saying that this happened, but I'm saying if you're going to make a Tucker Carlson decision, it could be your Rupert Murdoch. You just get mad about, hey, what happened with the Dominion lawsuit, and you're like, I just lost a $980 million thing because you couldn't play ball and you put in writing this to an executive. I understand why you might make a rash decision even with your best employee because you're pissed off. Yeah. You might also just get a call from the biggest advertisers and going, hey, you put someone else in that spot. Here's what we'll spend with you next year. I can't prove that that well, happened. There's, well, the, you know, the advertisers were like, I, I don't know how it was at the end, but at one point, there were there no nothing but pillows. Literally, <laughs> literally, it was nothing but ads for Fox Nation, right. and other Fox News shows, right. and my pillows. <laughs> and I, it's so funny because it's the biggest show in cable news. Yeah, and like, I mean, I'm sure they were moving a lot of pillows, you know. Mm -hmm. But how many my pillows can these fucking 88 year olds at Fox News buy? Right. Tucker actually had a younger audience, but you know, like, how many my pillows can you move before like they've seen the my pillow ad, <laughs> dude? Like they know. Um, so it's uh, and those things last. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so it, it's possible that you're right that advertisers will flood back to that 8 p.m. hour now, and there might be you know money in that. It also kind of shows you how much if you know if you look at who advertises on the other networks at least, that's a lot of Boeing's and you know Pfizer's and stuff like that. And so you imagine like they could kind of create something like that where they go, yeah, get rid of the highest rated guy, and you'll actually make money off. Of I that. was uh. I had a little stretch. I was hate watching MSNBC with my uh, grandfather. Mm -hmm. I visited him during dinner, and he'd be watching MSNBC, and I would just ruin it for him. Like yeah. <laughs> he right. would just be sitting there, and I'd be like, I would yell at what was going on. It was great, but the ads became so funny to me because like there were so many ads for prep and other 
gay diseases or whatever. I, I don't mm-hmm. even know. But like, I was like, these commercials are filthier than what they would have allowed on like sitcoms in the 90s. Yes. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, literally, Al Bundy couldn't have gotten away yeah. with what they get away on these commercials. Like, when I'm spreading my butt cheeks for another guy, <laughs> I have the confidence of knowing I won't get AIDS, or at least not too bad. You know? Like, you're like, oh, Jesus, man. When I go to an orgy on the weekend, thanks to whatever, I don't have to worry about herpes all over my face. <laughs> It's really like when I've got two in the pooper and one in the mouth, <laughs> I can rest easy. No, my chances for AIDS have been greatly reduced. Uh, it's like, and then like back to the news desk. <laughs> it's like Jesus, what happened? What's happening in this country? Uh, yeah, it's it's you know. By the way, one other thing. It's another thing worth uh, bringing up. Was that one of the things that came out? I think it was in that lawsuit, but that I found so funny because so many people were like using it as like a dunk on Tucker Carlson. But I just found it so endearing. Was him just talking about how much he personally hates Donald Trump, and that he's he he had said something like he he was like I cannot wait until this guy is gone, and so we don't have to talk about him anymore. I just find him to be the most loathsome person, you know. And people were like, "Aha! Look at that! He he secretly hates Trump, you know." But then the thing is that you're like, first off, yeah, someone uh, people are so fucking removed. I I think there's there's like a decent amount of people who don't listen to this show but have a very strong opinion on me. You know what I mean? Like, they don't they don't really listen to me, but they've maybe seen a couple clips here or there. Um, and, and they seen, get the gist of it. Yeah, they've seen, they've <laughs> seen some tweets. But they said, one, one guy tweeted at me, and he said, uh, he said, oh, wait till Dave finds out about this. He's not going to love Tucker so much anymore. As if that would, like, <laughs> as if that would upset me. Right. That he personally found Donald Trump to be disgusting. Like, I find Donald Trump to be the most disgusting human being. Just, I understand why right-wingers like him, because they're like, he seems to be the one guy who's pissing off all the right people, and at least he doesn't hate my guts, and okay, fair, but just on a let, like, he's just the most disgusting fucking person ever. He's totally just so much vanity and narcissism and ignorance and, like, fucking, you know, he's just, he's Trump. He's like, and so it's funny what people would be like, oh, look at what Tucker Carlson said, and you're like, so what? Your point is that he had a personal feeling about him, but still reported on him? Like, and didn't allow that to color his reporting? Isn't that what you're supposed to do? It's not like he was, like, dick-sucky to Donald Trump. He was very critical of Trump a lot. And he, I think Trump, like, listened to him a lot. It was also interesting he got the interview with Donald Trump after that came out. So, like, he still, you know, like, Trump still had kind of enough respect for him, and he was still able to do the interview. But, like, I don't know. I don't find that... I, I, I found that to be totally endearing to him, that it's like, oh, yeah... He gets it. He gets that this guy's a scumbag, but he also gets how fucked up the whole system is. Like, all right, right on. Yeah. So I literally just, uh, as you're checking the camera, just look down to see. Uh, I got a, an alert on my phone, and Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Uh, just followed me on Twitter. Hell yeah. Uh, so And literally, I was about to start talking about him. So look at that. There you go. Um, what I was going to say, speaking of uh, censorship, there's some interesting censorship with our uh, our old boy. Robert Kennedy Jr. there, he got interviewed on ABC. Um, it is it is something to watch, by the way. We're not going to play the uh, the whole thing, but I think that one, uh, you know, like one really important takeaway, if you go watch this interview, it's up on a uh, line, or part of it is. Um, if you go watch this interview, Rob, and I'm sure you kind of noticed this too, from the very beginning, and this is kind of like an interesting thing to just kind of, it, it kind of reveals how the corporate press operates from the very beginning of the interview there's just like a tone of like 
we're trying to get this guy, which they never give to any like of the establishment politicians. And you realize right away, you're like, oh yeah, you guys can be adversarial <laughs> when you want to, you know? Like imagine someone interviewed Biden like this. Or you know what I mean? Like imagine any of them, any senator or congressman really. But as soon as he comes up, they're like, we're gonna fucking try to make you look as bad as we can. Bringing up quotes that his family said about him and shit like that, just really inappropriate things. What is Aleppo? Yeah, well right, it's kind of that type of, uh, that yeah. type of shit. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So this is just a clip from the end of uh, uh, the not even the end of the interview, I guess. Or here, just start it where you start it. We should note that during our conversation, Kennedy made false claims about the COVID-19 vaccines. Data shows that the COVID-19 vaccines prevented millions of hospitalizations and deaths from the disease. He also made misleading claims about the relationship between vaccination and autism. Research shows that vaccines and the ingredients used for the vaccines do not cause autism, including multiple studies involving more than a million children and major medical associations like the American Academy of Pediatrics and the advocacy group autism speaks we've used our editorial judgment and in not including extended portions of that exchange in our interview we thank mr kennedy for the conversation so isn't that pretty wild dude like first off she just goes she just goes we're not gonna play what he said here but i'm gonna tell you he made false claims because for her first thing because the data shows that the covid vaccine prevented millions of deaths and hospitalizations uh, like well, okay, like data doesn't just show things like that. Like data has to be interpreted, and he's got a, a different argument against that. And by the way, you just know, you know, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. knows so much more about this vaccine and the data than this broad does. You know what I mean? So the nerve of them to just say that. But if you really think about the implications of this, it's like you're literally going. There is a presidential candidate who, by the way, in a recent poll was at. 20%? Kennedy is polling at 20% this early on in the primaries, and he is making an argument, and you decide we will not allow you to hear his argument because we decided it's wrong. Can, can I tell you something that's wild about that 20% figure? Yeah. I bet if you and I walked around right now and we pulled Democrats, the 20% are probably the 20% that are aware of him. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying how many Democratic voters you'd have to be someone in the loop to even know to even know that he's running that yeah. he's running and that there's uh, the primaries are starting to heat up and other people have declared. So if he's currently polling at 20 percent, that actually strikes me as a incredibly I mean, compare that to Kamala Harris and some of the established people in the last where they one, two percent, three percent. Oh, right 20% now. 20% is probably where Bernie Sanders was before he dropped out. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's a Nikki Haley or someone like that right now is at right. 1%. Right. Like, these people have nothing. 20% actually sounds like a uh, a shockingly high number. Like, he's in this. Yeah. Like, he's in this rate. Now, okay, that's just one poll. We don't know exactly where this is going to go. It's very early on. Uh, very hard to predict. But just for, the, like, perspective, he is certainly polling better than at this point in the cycle Barack Obama was in 2008. Certainly, you know, um, so yeah, it's that's really something. And but to say we he is not allowed to make his argument to you, he's not allowed to tell you, no, we decided it's wrong, and so you can't hear it. We'll just tell you that he said wrong stuff, we're just going to tell you he lied to us. That is dirty, man. Like, that's a new line than even anything I, I've seen before. I've never seen on the news, on the TV, them just go, here's our interview with the presidential candidate. By the way, you're not allowed to hear this portion of it because all the authorities say it's wrong. 
which clearly means that lady lost. And he yes. made some very compelling points, which, uh, yeah, that's a scary level of censorship with, hey, this is the guy that's running. Here's the opinion that he wants to get out to the voters so the voters can make a decision about that information. We're not going to let you have that information. Uh, well, and like as you just kind of got to, like, yes, you're right. It clearly shows she didn't do good. But then you're like, no, reporter lady, then it's your job to own him in that right. moment. Like if he says something that's so wrong, then you should just be right on top of it because you know all the details of this, right? If you know that it's wrong and you know the data proves that millions of people's lives were saved by the vaccine, then you better be prepared to just know so much more than him and win the argument and make him look stupid. And then the voters go, oh, yeah, this guy doesn't know his stuff. That's the way this is supposed to work. It's not that you just cut off. Like, for, for all we know, he just wrecked her in this interview, made her look stupid, and then she goes, we're not airing that part, and I'm just going to tell you he said a bunch of stuff that's wrong. That's nuts, man. Freaking nuts that that can even happen. All right, guys, let's take a moment and thank our sponsor for today's show, which is Yo Delta. YoDelta.com. This is, of course, for responsible adults over the age of 21 living in states where Delta 8 is legal. This stuff will get you nice and stoned. If you're over the age of 21 living in the majority of states where Delta 8 is legal, you got to go to YoDelta.com and stock up on Delta 8 gummies and vapes. Again, another company that's just a great supporter of our show. I talked to all the people at Gas Digital, and they are all a bunch of stoners, and they swear by this stuff. Go check it out, YoDelta.com, the official Delta 8 sponsor of the Gas Digital Network. And if you use the promo code GAS, you're going to get 25% off your entire order. YoDelta.com, promo code GAS for 25% off. The more time that goes on, the more I do find uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. to be a very uh, interesting um, candidate. One of the things that's interesting is, so there's, I saw someone showed me um, a video of him from years ago uh, where he was very bad on, on climate change stuff. And he actually even said once um, that like climate change deniers like and the Koch brothers or something like that, that it should be criminal for them to deny it, you know, some stuff that was really bad. And so he was on with, um, uh, what's her name, uh, Kim Iverson, and he was on with her and she asked him about climate change, and I was really bracing myself for the response to be very bad. Um, but this is what he said. There's a lot of questions about climate change, and what we've seen around the world is that many of the climate change policies that are enacted by certain countries, like the Netherlands or in uh uh, very Sri Lanka, we see that it crushes the small farmers, that they cannot keep up with the big farms. They don't have enough land um, in order to do some of the more, um, you know, natural ways to fertilize the land. Um, and so it is, some of these policies are really crushing the small farms. Um, where do you stand on climate policies that are being enacted right now? I, there is a difference between environmentalism and climate change. Where do you stand on all of that? And what types of policies do you support? Or climate, climate, the climate, climate issues and pollution issues are being exploited by, you know, the, the World Economic Forum and Bill Gates and all of these uh, big, you know, mega billionaires, the same way that COVID was exploited. Uh, to use it as an excuse to clamp down top-down totalitarian controls on society and to um, and then to give us engineering solutions 
And if you look closely, as it turns out, the guys who are promoting those engineering solutions are the people who, who own the IPs, the patents for those solutions. Oh, it's a way, you know, it's, it's being used. They've given climate uh, chaos a bad name, you know, because people now see that it's just another crisis that's being used to strip mine the wealth of the poor and to, you know, to enrich billionaires. And, uh, you know, I, I, for 40 years, have had the same policy on climate and engineering. You can go check my speeches from the 1980s. And I've said the most important solution for environmental issues is not top-down controls. It's free market capitalism. Isn't that pretty incredible? Like, I just, look, I'm just saying, I did not expect something like that to come out of Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s mouth. And I like him on a lot of other issues, but I'd kind of, but you know, he's a Democrat, he's a Kennedy, he's not going to say that in a true free market, you can only get rich by making everybody else rich too, and that actually the solution, the solution to climate change is free market capitalism? Like, I just, that's the type of stuff that'll give guys like me and you boners, <laughs> you know? Well, these are the moments I love, even though I think on the second part, he's kind of trailing into nonsense a little bit. Yeah, it wasn't perfect. In the first part, though, to me, this is the most important story to educate people on, which is the powers that be are lying to you about this global warming shenanigans because they want to rob you of their wealth. Yes. I've said it before. Elites don't want to compete. It's a yeah. very simple storyline. It's a great, great tagline. And that is what's going on. You got the world powers. These people do not want to compete in the market. They don't want to have to create value. So they're making up this fucking shenanigans that the free market, if it was true and it was catastrophic, the greatest solutions would be found in the technological developments in the free market. And it's a storyline that for some reason, even though like leftists, I guess, have so much fear for corporations, they can't see that government's actually the tool of the corporations right they just they can't see it and so when you actually have people on the left who are willing to you know expose this storyline this is like the most important education for people to get like if there was one thing well actually if there was one thing it's hey we got to defend free speech if it was the next thing it's hey corporations are lying to you about uh creating non-competitive market practices for their own profits and global warming fits that narrative and then if you wanted to go to a third one to me it would be the fed and then a fourth one would be war. Why war comes forth? Because you get rid of the Fed, you can't pay for the wars anyways. Well, sure. Okay, so I, I, I get that, that um, the, you know, order aside, those are the big ones. You know what I mean? And there is something about this argument coming from uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. that is, it's the most pow powerful source. Uh, it, like, there's something where no matter how much me and you argue about this, we're still like, yeah, but you're those libertarians. Like, this is, that's what you would say, you know? Like, in the same way that, like, this is why Ron Paul being against the wars was so powerful. Because if some, like, hippie who's smoking weed in a commune is like, we shouldn't fight war, man. We should all just get along and have peace. It's just like, yeah, but that's what you would say. You know what I mean? Right. And it's not, whereas when there's Texas Republican, like, the most personally conservative person who's like I've been married to my wife for 53 years and we have seven kids and I'm a country doctor and I'm telling you I'm completely against the wars it kind of like has this very it's a very powerful thing it, it lets you know that like you know as Scott Horton always said if you like your identity you can keep it you know like that right. was kind of the message there and there's something about Robert Kennedy Jr. who has been a decades long 
Democrat environmentalist. For him to put this message out there, that this whole climate change thing is a scheme. This is a UN Davos Klaus Schwab scheme to, to rob from regular people for them. This is a power grab. This is not, that is so important, man, if he can get that message out there. And I wonder, you know, I never know, with, with politicians, even though he's not exactly like a career politician, but he's from a political family and he's running for president, I'm always a little bit skeptical. It's like, you know, he says there, I've been on record since the 80s saying this. I don't know if that's true. Maybe he's telling the truth. I don't know. Um, but I'm always a little bit skeptical of like, well, is this just like, Look, if your whole campaign is running against the whole COVID thing, you can't really be on the side of Davos when it comes to climate right. change. You kind of have to be against that whole, that's your lane that you're filling. But maybe it is possible that he's just really woken up to this shit and how, how fucked up the whole thing is. And then if that's the case, man, he could, like when you say this is the most important thing to like educate people on, it, that's right. And he could be the guy to do it on such a huge level where it's like, no, this doesn't have to be a like, like, this doesn't have to be a like, oh, you care about the environment and therefore you have to be on board with this. It's like, no, we can all care about the environment and still recognize that this is all a scam. Like they're, they're, they're stealing from you. And that's kind of like the, you know, what is the heart of his campaign, which is really true. I mean, I, again, I also, I don't completely agree with him when he says, we, you know, we, we don't have free market capitalism. We have crony capitalism. It's like, that's right. And when he says we have socialism for the rich, that's right. When he says we have a barbaric capitalism for the poor, that's not exactly true. I mean, there is socialism for the poor in this country. Um, it sucks, but socialism tends to suck. Like, that's, yes, that's, it's not like anyone in, in the Soviet Union fucking was like, this is such a great safety net we have here. You know, right. like, yeah, it sucks for the poor. Um, that's what it is. But it's more that like there's like cushy socialism for the rich, lousy socialism for the poor and feudalism for the rest of us where it's not capitalism. It's not just like like it almost makes it sound like it's like, oh, OK, so we have like safety nets for the rich and the poor. But everybody else in the middle, it's just, you know, you eat what you kill. That'd be one thing. But it's actually like, no, you have to pay for the socialism of the, the poor and the rich. It's, it's a feudalist system where, like, basically you can work the land, but it's owned by the billionaires, you know? Like, you could fucking buy a house, but it's owned by the bank. And then it's owned by your fucking your state government because you don't pay those fucking property taxes. They take it. So that's not really you owning shit, is it? You know, it's more like that type of deal. But he's still so close to being on to something when he says that. Like, yeah, that's the whole story, that there's a merger between big business and big government, and they're screwing you over at every turn. The whole system is completely corrupt. And we don't have free markets. We have captured markets. And they have markets where the people at the very top have a complete unfair advantage, and they rip everybody else off. I'm like, God damn, man. Like, if this was just if, – if we all should be so happy that he's running for president. The, the Democratic primary was going to be Marion Williamson versus Joe Biden. How would, she's like the energy lady yeah. who got laughed off the last time. 
Yeah. How is she? What did she have some spectacular four years that she accomplished a lot of things? And now I think she's, she's rich. I think she's real rich. Uh, what did she? She like wrote books or something. I don't I know don't what know. her deal is, but I think she's got a lot of money. So she she can just do showed it. up. I've the crystals. Yeah, literally, she's she's crystal lady. I will get into the White House and I will purify it. She's like, yeah, lady. We were talking about healthcare. You're talking about <laughs> chakras. Like, what the fuck happened here? In the last, yeah, you just she's don't just, understand the vibrations. She's just goofy and like not at all serious and doesn't, you know, doesn't know what she's talking about. Um, she doesn't seem like a horrible person. Like, she's not like a blood-soaked monster like right. these other politicians. But she's just not at all bringing anything to the table. And Biden is Biden. You know, enough said. But now it's like, oh, we have this guy in there too. Oh, that's so much better. So much better than than what we would have had without him. So, like I said, I've always I'm hoping a lot of people, uh, a lot more good people. I hope Jimmy Dore, fucking who is floating around running. I hope he runs. I hope more people. You know, I hope the Libertarians have an unbelievable candidate running. I hope everybody. Like, I just want more and more of that. Um, and and even like I'm glad that um, what what's that guy's name? Was the the Indian dude? Who maybe got Don Vivek Lemon. Ramaswamy. Yes, I'm glad. I don't know I'm if glad. it's pronounced that way. Yeah, almost certainly not. But that's on him. But, come up with an easier name. You're running for president. Yeah, can't you do that old thing? Remember, like when Asians used to come to the country and like they would just they would just call themselves like Chad. Or yeah, something like keep that. it simple. Just give, come on, like with do it the way uh, when you call up technical support. Was, yeah. Hi, this is Michael. Yeah, and you're like <laughs> you ain't Michael, but I appreciate that. Thank you, Michael. Now let's get back. Let's get down to business. I'm trying to masturbate and I can't. Um, you but listening like, to my calls, Dave? <laughs> Michael, I've been trying to masturbate here for 20 <laughs> minutes, and I just cannot get this together. Um, but so, right, so I'm, I'm glad that guy's running. I'm glad, like, just, yeah, okay, There's he's got some issues he's really good on to insert into the conversation, so more, good. Um, but this one just seems like it really has potential, and so I, I'm rooting for him. Um, I'm rooting for him. I'm going to try to get him on the podcast. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, we're at the 54-minute marker. We got one more topic, which was the CNN video explaining or we can save that for the next in studio now let's do let's just do that real quick and then we'll we'll call it a show after that this is the cnn video um this is this is so great cnn educating its uh viewers on um the the importance of borrowing more money every day the u.s draws closer to the so-called x date when it runs out of money to pay all the bills the debt ceiling of 31.4 trillion dollars was hit January 19th. Unable to borrow more money, the Treasury Department is using so-called extraordinary measures, moving money around, delaying some investments to make sure everything is paid. And sometime soon, as quickly as early June, the accounting tricks run out and the U.S. risks defaulting on its obligations. Now, assuming interest payments get top priority, every family would face cuts. Social security payments could be delayed. Veterans could receive an IOU instead of benefits. Federal employees could be furloughed. And it would be catastrophic for financial markets where the creditworthiness of the United States is the cornerstone of the global financial system. A default on the debt would trigger market crashes that would crush business and consumer confidence that could further shock the financial system and throw the economy into a recession. Treasuries could tank, interest rates spike, the dollar sink, and global economies reel. That is the reality Congress is sleepwalking toward unless it raises the debt ceiling. Now, Congress has raised the limit 78 times since 1960, 49 times under Republican presidents, 29 times under Democrats. But in recent years, it has become a political football in a game where the American people 
are the losing team. Dude, it's so funny. <laughs> it's so funny. It's like, imagine saying that and not even just thinking about what you're saying. This goes, we've done this so many times. We keep getting faced with this crisis and we always agree to borrow more money. And now we're in a situation where if we don't borrow no more money, everything will fall apart. Like, imagine just sitting there and describing a Ponzi scheme and not even realizing that you're like, if we don't find a new investor, this whole thing could go to zero. There's nothing there, Rob, except borrowing it's, more money. So the obvious answer here is we have to find a new investor. Like, whew. It's so incredible to lay out all the consequences of the system without going, hey, we got to correct some of these things because we're constantly playing with doom and failure. Right. At some point in time, you're not going to be able to endlessly print. You might lose your dollar reserve. Like, it's not endless. It's that great line from Zero Hedge, which is... Uh, what is it? The timeline for any empire, like over a long enough horizon, goes to zero. Right. What's yeah. the line? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's such a great, which is so through true to the theme of the website, which is also why that why website can be dangerous to read every day. Because ten years ago, you would have gone off the grid and yeah, bought silver. Yeah. Uh, Although but, you'd probably be better off today if you had. Yeah. So you know whatever. But but with all that, she's literally describing all the reasons why we should be having a serious conversation about actually uh, trying to correct the problem. Like going, all right, guys, it's time. We have to raise the debt limit because otherwise it signals this to the financial markets. But we've already done this 70 times. And here's the catastrophic problems of existing like this and what we're playing with. Yeah, there's not yeah. even there's not even a thought of like, and what's the plan so that we don't just hit it again? Because all you're advocating for is we do this again next yeah. year. That's, like, that's what it is. We'll raise the debt limit. And then what? We'll hit it very soon. So, okay. So how does that help anything? It's literally on the level of if you're like if you were like, hey, baby, we have all these bills to pay, so we have to borrow more money. And you're like, well, what's the problem with that? It's like because then you just have another bill. Right now, your bill is the money you borrowed. So you still haven't paid your bills. You just fucking spent someone else's money on your bill, and now you're faced with this bill. It's it's, it's insanity. And like like again, yeah, just to go over this whole thing of how much. How much everything falls apart if we don't just borrow money? It's like, well, it sounds like to any sane person, it sounds like you're living above your means and you need to stop. As Ron Paul used to always say, when you live above your means, you're destined to live beneath your means. That's the whole that's the whole deal right here. Anyway, just crazy. It's crazy to watch them talk like yeah, that. Yeah, it's it, it's horrible. Look at all the problems that are made by all the spending we've done on things that we don't have. And so what we need to do is spend even more of the money we don't have. <laughs> Unbelievable. There's CNN for you. Well, you know, or CNN business, whatever it is. They'll, even without Don Lemon, they're chugging along. <laughs> All right. All right. That's it for, uh, for this show. And then uh, we'll, we're going to go do a live pod at, uh, at the Chicago uh, Zanies tonight. So looking forward to that. Thanks for, uh, thanks for hanging out with us, everybody. And we'll, uh, we'll catch you soon. Peace. Peace.